welcome to another episode of Wady Hill, Utah. I'm your host, Dave Meekham, and it's my pleasure once again to go ahead and welcome. I don't know, Dave. This is good. This is a good thing, but I think we want to do things a little different today. I was about to welcome in Dr. Brett Mackiff, but... No, 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 no. He's he's great. He's wonderful, but he's... You know what? Why don't we switch things a little bit and let's make it work like this? Hi, and welcome to today's episode of Way to Heal Podcast. I'm Brett McIff. I'm your host today, and I'm joined a very special guest, our, the media coordinator for the Healthy Environment Active Living Program, the voice that launched a thousand ships, <laughs> Dave Meekham. Why do I feel I've been the victim of a coup? I think there's been a hostile takeover. All right. So uh, wh- where are we going with this, Brett? Well, you, you know, we've done this so many times where you've you've asked me all these great questions, and you know I enjoy it. But I think it's time we asked you a few questions about something you're really good at and something you know more about than anybody else in our program, and that's the media. You, you do realize that by listening to me, the desire, the goal of this podcast <laughs> to get people to listen, right? And and I think this is actually going to dig a little deeper than most people would actually realize. <laughs> uh, you know, we have this interesting thing where. You know, we we spend a lot of our time within in public health, digging into what is the research, what's the greatest impact for the least amount of uh, cost and effort, and and who can we reach that wouldn't normally be reached. And one of the most important things, and I don't think it's given enough attention, is how we communicate all those things to the people that are going to work every day, that are going to school, that are are struggling to raise a family. Uh, you know, this is kind of a fun, fun world for me because you've done this for, oh, a year or two or 20 or more. Yeah, yeah we, we don't need to go there. <laughs> we, we're not going down that road. But, you know, think about this. is This is Men's Health Month, and you're coming at this as a guy yeah, and man. a dad. Very you know, true. there's a lot of things that you want to communicate to your family. And, you know, let's just be honest. I can be boring. <laughs> you 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 make the you make the the stories happen. So as you're sitting there with the, with the wife and kids, telling a story about boy, you know, I was talking to to this this weird guy at work today, and he was telling me about this stuff. How do you now go about and turn that into what do you tell your family? Because again, how we do with our own families should also be a really good indication how we do things with general public. It's true. The the methods that we use with the general public and at home are, are different, but the principles are similar, right? And at home, I you'll never see me at the dinner table. Well, I learned this today, and here's your lecture, and this is what I expect you to do moving forward. Wait, that's only what I do? Okay, that's good to know. <laughs> so I generally look for opportunities where it makes sense in a normal part of conversation to pull those things in. Once in a while, it'll be a situation where I learned this today and it's really cool. But most of the time, it's a conversation with a member of the family where it's one-on-one and we're just talking. And I look for those opportunities to work that kind of stuff in. And then, of course, the other big part of that is, you know, you got to lead by example. Uh, you got it there it is you don't sit back there and say do this and i'll be out watching tv i I think one of the best ones is and i we had this conversation the other day that 
it's not going to be, as you just said, a lecture. Here's where you're going to impart the wisdom of, of the ages into the next generation. No, it's like you're standing there in the, the grocery aisle staring at the various assortments of Oreos and the decisions need to be made. Okay, well, interesting choice. Let's see where this goes. And that's where you have those conversations. So it, it's a lot harder to control the environment. That's true. And you know, the grocery store, interestingly enough, is a place where several of them have happened. Somebody wants to buy, you know, whatever product and say, ah, oh, sweetie, is that really the best choice? <laughs> Look at all the salt in that or all the sugar, all the fat, whatever it is. And it's like, here's, here's the result if you do that. Well, and I love that one because right there you were you were just making one of the I think one of the big key parts of a media communication piece, which is I'm not telling you what to do. Yeah, that never goes over well. <laughs> Anybody with teenagers or toddlers for that matter has said yes. don't. <laughs> they go, I'm doing it. The second you do that, that's exact. You're guaranteeing that that is the activity. What's going to happen? You know, when we've had this conversation around the house here with with our kids, and and my wife and I have, have I don't know how we got into this approach, but we from the very start said, okay, you can do this or you can do that, and it's not don't do this. It's like here's your choice, and I think that's such a an amazing thing because we are given so many choices, but how do we figure out which one do we need to do? I mean, what's, what's yeah. your approach for finding that balance? Well, and, and I like the choice thing. We do that as well, but I always follow it up with, okay. And if you choose this one, what do you think will happen? And if you choose that one, what do you think will happen? And you let them think it through themselves and they kind of box themselves into a corner and making the right choice. I like that. Well, you know, it's an interesting one because consider the types of information we're getting, you know, advertising, amazing stuff. This is, if anybody thinks for one second that advertising is just, uh, oh, I had a crazy idea, throw it at the wall, see what sticks. No, there's science to this. There's psychology to it. There's approaches to color, size, uh, voice inflection. Uh, time of day, time of week. I mean, oh, we could yeah. go on and on and on. Yeah, I mean, yeah. even thinking about when you're going to put out a social media post, say on a Facebook page or something, you know when you're going to have the best traction. So you play that I game. Do. I do. But I use then, the data. Yeah. But then you realize that data is also being used to really influence decisions, especially with her kids. Yeah. Tell me more about that one. Yeah, it works both ways. Advertising is so effective. So effective. Years ago, when I was in grad school, it was that was a wonderful experience. Being able to kind of dive into theory, and you know, some of it, you know, is is a little out there, but it's still super fascinating. And and one of the things that really interested me was the advertising and the marketing aspect of communications. So much so that it changed the way that I raised my kids. I was super careful about not allowing them to see advertising because advertising is so impactful and so effective, particularly with young children, because they don't really have that ability to see through a sales pitch versus reality. And so they see that toy or whatever it is in that commercial design just for them and it works and they want it. You know, we really don't have Saturday morning TV like we used to, but it, if we could go back and shame. revisit that, it's true. 
But if we go back and revisit that and look at the advertising, you just see a parade of these commercials that are so effective and worked on so many kids. I'm sure you can remember something you wanted because of something you saw on Saturday morning TV watching your favorite cartoon. That right. would change my life and make me the coolest kid on the block. And absolutely, <laughs> yes. do you think I did not lean on my parents to say this <laughs> is course. going to happen? Everybody else has got one or, you know, Jimmy got one, whatever it was, right? Right. And, and of course, me too. But, uh, you know, seeing the data on it was fascinating. And the result it made for me in my home, as far as the advertising goes, is I made sure my kids didn't see any. You know, if they saw something they wanted in the store or something, that was one thing. But it was never because they saw something on television that made them want that. And a great example of this is is when I finally did start to let them see a little advertising, I kind of, in, in a weird way, eased them into it. I started to let them watch one of the classic TV stations that we have around in our market here, showing the old sitcoms and that kind of thing. And of course, who's the audience generally for that kind of content? It's seniors, right? And I thought, okay, I, I know that the content of the shows is not going to be anything I have to worry about. And the advertising is going to be there, but it, these aren't products that my girls are going to care about. But it was fascinating because just a few weeks after letting them starting to watch some of these shows, you know, Gilligan's Island and I Dream of Genie and those kinds of things. One of my girls came to me and said, dad, we're not safe. I said, we're not safe. What's the matter, sweetie? What are you, what are you afraid of? She goes, we don't have a walk-in bathtub. <laughs> father i fallen and i can't get up that's yes. right you know and it was such uh a stark message to me uh, just how true all the studies and everything were because here was an example of it in my own home about how impactful and effective advertising is on kids you know and and we have this through all of developmental psychology where you say there's a certain point where fantasy and reality begin to split and that ability to manipulate. I, I mean, I could tell you stories upon stories with my kids and it's so great because they wanted to be the person on the screen. And if that person had that item, that food approach, that way of even talking. I mean, how many people do we hear uh, now talking about their kids who have a British accent because they listen to Peppa Pig or something, you know, there's such an impact. Uh, we've not really lost that with some of our adults though. No, no, we haven't. Um, it, you know, adults get the same messaging. It's just packaged for them. And it doesn't matter where your source is. Everybody's going to identify and try and emulate certain things based on what they see. That's just human nature. Right. Yeah. And some of it can be positive. Yeah. Oh, so absolutely. Much of it can be negative, right? Uh, you know, body image thing, especially for teen girls, can be a really difficult thing. And it's almost impossible to avoid it. Yeah. It's so pervasive in our society. But screen time takes us down that road a little bit. You know, reducing screen time is, it was reducing exposure to negative things, negative content sometimes, not just the bad part about mm -hmm. being in front of a screen and being sedentary, right? It also, reduces some of the images and, and messages you probably don't want your kids to see. Yeah. And it does take us down also the path of, well, screen time's changed, you know, where it was yes. the, that one TV in the living room that as you right. walk by, cause everybody can see what you were watching and everybody could hear what you were being, you know, 
funneled into your brain, my and poor the, parents, and all the Star Trek references. I just just be honest. And and uh, the fight over the you know one oh, of the four channels. There you go. <laughs> or you know the ant race static because that's sometimes just soothing. I'm sure. Uh, but now we're in a world of small screens where yes. everything's streaming, everything's uh, social media. Whether it's you're doing dances on a you know whatever your app is of choice that day, or you're watching someone's life experience that is curated beyond belief, you don't always have that ability to understand now what is reality. Yes. Now, one thing that really struggles is a struggle for me, and I've been really lucky over the past, goodness, 20 plus years of doing a lot of things like media interviews with really qualified professionals. I mean, real honest to goodness reporters, you know, where they come in and they're like, okay, here's a story. Here's the background. Here's the context here. Let me like vet a little bit of this information. And right now, anybody with a phone's a reporter and everybody yes. with the phone's got an opinion. Citizen journalism. What do we do? Journalism. I mean, I love the idea, first of all, that we have so much more input into our, our conversation, but that also is there's so much more input into our family. Yeah. And that makes it difficult when you are online and operating in that world, which I think the the majority of our screen time is spent doing these days. Traditional TV is obviously still a factor, but we're spending so much more time in social media in particular. How do you know that what you're seeing is good information? Sometimes it's just a flat out lie. Sometimes it's distorted from something else. Sometimes it's great. How do you know? There's been some really great things. I mean, let's just learn about all the tips and tricks of what we should do in the kitchen. How to do my wife's always like, have you seen the latest thing of how to make your eyes clear or whatever? I, hey, I'm I'm down for it. But then right. at the same time, how much time from a, a scientist perspective have I had to spend debunking myths about yes. X, Y, or Z right. and spinning my wheels in many cases, I feel like I'm sliding backwards to kind of capture well i have a body therefore i'm an expert and here's my opinion versus here's hundreds of years of research that yes. will demonstrate what you're talking about is demonstrably false and how hard is that to distinguish for all ages boy i'll tell you you know it's how do you you might think that, but you know, I just saw the latest secret from Dr. So-and-so on YouTube and he, but they don't want you to know. Yes. It's a secret. And now I know more than everybody else. Right. God, I saw something silly. It's been a while back, but somehow tomatoes make you fat. <laughs> it's like tomatoes can't be a part of a healthy diet. Some of this stuff is so nonsensical, yeah. but people still believe it. And so I think the message there is you just got to go to the right sources. Yeah. Right. And that can be trusted government sources. You know, some people don't like that. That's okay. Right. But there are other agencies and organizations that are very trustworthy. American Heart Association, you can start naming a bunch of them, right? We make an extra effort in our social media to have anything that we publish vetted information by experts who have worked in their fields for a long time, years and years with incredible credentials and they stay up on the latest information. And so that's what we're passing along. So you've got a trusted source, right? And if you have a collection of those, you're going to be okay, but there's so many that don't make that effort and they're just out to make a buck or to get attention because that makes them a buck, right? There are a lot of problems. Social media is 
it's a rough area or it can be. It can be, you know, and I think we've hit some really, real key points of it. Um, I, I will tell you that the amount of vetting that goes through on any post that we put is would, would shock anybody. Let's just be honest. How many people have to look at our messaging, even all of the horrific dad jokes that we put out this month? <laughs> Let's just be honest. The fact that they were willing to go, you know, that's rough, but we're going to trust you and it's we're going to go for it. But you better be back in this next one up. There are several layers of eyes that that, uh, yes. that go upon, and and you know the stamps of approval that that hit our messaging, but all of them failed when it came to filtering uh, out the bad dad jokes and and Brett uh, in his finest form. I was gonna say, should I expose the author of most of these? One hundred percent. You know, I I think I want to go back to one thing you said right as our, we were talking at the beginning, and that's that that power of example. You know, let's turn it into maybe less about what are the kids seeing. You know, what are we talking about at the dinner table, but more what are we doing. You know, here we come at it for Men's Health Month. We've been pushing this this every month for years to talk about. You got to get your your you know regular physical checkups. You've yeah. got to do the behaviors that are going to be good for you. Get that physical activity and eat some healthy food. You demonstrate that you are doing these things. You know, modeling of behavior is one of the most important things for a kid to see because it doesn't matter what you say; it matters what they see you doing. Yes, years of practice and data collected on do as I say, not as I do have shown that we need to set an example. Rarely are you going to get results by telling, uh, go eat healthy and then grabbing your fries and plopping down in front of the TV. Just doesn't work. There is one way to do it and your kids need to see you. That's how they learn. It's a pretty powerful thing. And, you know, I'm not going to, not going to lie. It's hard. It's hard. Some days, you know, you, you put in a eight, 10 hour day and you're like, okay, all I want to do is just, Drop, drop yeah. into the couch, drop out of reality for a minute, sit and scroll my th- phone, get a, a thumb workout. And so I scroll right. down the screen. But right now is that hard point because I looked at all the things I could be doing with these, these kids of mine. And it seemed like every time some information came across, you know, whether it was a news article or something, I was that guy. Hey, have you seen this? And I said, but the hard part for me is I would always ask this question. I'm like, okay, but who said that? You know, where's the source? Like we were right. just talking. And now I I guess I did that so much that I hear the kids saying things like, okay, that's cool. But according to whom? And I'm like, I'm so proud of you right now. I can't even tell you. It's <laughs> ridiculous. But then when they go and they do something like I want to go out for a walk or I want to go get a workout in, or I want to do something and I don't have to be the one launching it. It means like, oh, something got through. Yeah, something 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 stuck, <laughs> and you know you always wonder what's the thing that's going to stick. Is it going to be the positive? Is it going to be maybe some of those negative things that love Utah roads? And I'm sure everybody's happy with the way the things are, <laughs> uh, but you know maybe those aren't aren't the things we want to catch. But it's an interesting thing to see what kids are going to watch, process as a core memory, and say I'm going to be this person as a result right. of this. Right. Well, and I like the way you've steered it back to that and, and helped us reconnect it to Men's Health Month because that's really what this is all about. And if you don't mind, if I, uh, you know, resume command of my own podcast. <laughs> well, I, I will I will tell you, there, there are certain things I've learned today, and that's that I am not a podcast host. But it's, <laughs> while it's a treat and I love it, I happily hand that baton back to you and <laughs> we'll 
leave that off of my hot hands for a while. Well, I think he did a phenomenal job, even though I, you know, it's my first coup and, <laughs> and hopefully my last. <laughs> but I thank you for being here, Brad. It's been a fun conversation, not one I anticipated or expected, but hopefully it's valuable. And, and it's, I think it's a good message and a good reminder, especially as men and, and as fathers, that that example that we set is important. And the things and, and information and, and how we teach our kids is important. And it, it may be more important than, you know, well, I guarantee it's more important than any lecture we want to give them. So mm-hmm. thank you for this chat. It's been great. Thanks for being here. And thank you for letting me uh, abscond with your, your podcast for a minute. <laughs> it's been fun. And thank you for joining us for another episode of Way to Heal Utah. We'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.